0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. This is episode number 80 of the Lean Blog Podcast for December fourth, two 2009. My guest today is Joan Wellman of the firm Joan Wellman & Associates. They focus on consulting for lean and healthcare. I first met Joan a couple of months ago back in Seattle. And I uh, was really impressed with Joan, really enjoyed meeting her, and uh, was happy to be able to have the chance to do this podcast talking about her early experiences with lean in healthcare that date back to 1995. Joan's uh, a real pioneer. I've never met somebody who has uh, such early experience uh, implementing and teaching lean uh, in healthcare. So I hope you enjoy this discussion about some of those early days and some of Joan's thoughts on what there is to come with lean in healthcare. Well, Joan, I want to thank you for taking time out to join us here on the Lean Blog podcast.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Mark.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and um, I wonder if you could start by introducing yourself um, to the listeners and, and give a little bit of background of uh, how you first got started with Lean.
1: I'm Joan Wellman, and I got started working in Lean in the 1980s in a group here in Seattle called Delta Point Corporation, and. We worked primarily with uh, large Fortune 100 companies, in particular Boeing, in implementing lean principles, uh, taking them to Japan to study and and coming back and and working on deployment of the Toyota production system principles. And um, I got started in healthcare in 1995, the head of operations at the Boeing Commercial Airplane Group, a fellow by the name of Bob Dryden. Asked me an offhanded question one day of whether I thought that the principles we were applying at Boeing would work in healthcare. And I really didn't know anything about healthcare and didn't know how to respond. But I went back to our office and talked with my colleagues, and we reflected on the fact that we had started on the factory floor, we had moved into engineering, we'd moved into customer service and even sales and marketing areas, and we found we could make a lot of difference. And That maybe this would apply in healthcare. So uh, the next time Bob brought it up, I suggested that we uh, have some serious conversation. And we went to Overlake, talked with a new CEO, a fellow named uh, Ken Graham. And the great thing about Ken was that he was really open to trying some ideas that didn't come from healthcare. So we were really lucky that uh, Ken and some of his colleagues were really flexible uh, in their thinking and have to say, hey, maybe there's something that we can learn from an airplane manufacturer or a car manufacturer. And
0: and this was in the Seattle area,
1: is that right? This is in the Seattle area. And um, it was a a nice time because there was a lot of of lean manufacturing work going on at at Boeing in particular. And so there was a buzz in the community about it. Um, So we were lucky.
0: And to have somebody, yeah, I think Lucky is right to think in terms of someone being you know, open-minded. Um, Mid 90s, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's probably as like, early as uh, an instance of a hospital applying lean as, as we have in, in the modern lean healthcare era, w- w- wouldn't you say? I mean, how, how, how do you, um, kind of looking back and say what, what what was it other than kind of, uh, I don't know, as, you know flexibility and and, and thinking Mm -hmm, that helped inspire mm -hmm. them to actually give it a try?
1: Well, people were really stuck. They were really stuck on how to improve, and Mm -hmm. it was an era of managed care, and they had a lot of cost pressure, and they really didn't have any way to go but up. And so I think that that uh, sense of urgency uh, really helped people start thinking out of the box. And, yes, we knew of no one else at the time that was doing this work, so that was an added dimension of um, we didn't have other organizations to go visit or talk to or share stories with, and that made it very exciting but also extremely challenging.
0: And from that first instance, you moved on to work with um, other healthcare organizations. You you transitioned into doing that full-time. I was wondering if you could talk about some of the, early successes that, that you could point to from there in, in the early days in the 90s.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, Well, we did a number of, of workshops at, at um, Overlake Hospital that were very, very successful in in pharmacy, in the laundry, in discharge planning, uh, and everything that we touched seemed to work very, very well. Um, About a year later, I got a call, this was in 96, from the chief operating officer at Seattle Children's Hospital, Pat Hagen, who is still at Children's today and still a client. And he was also feeling the pressure of the the, um, current healthcare environment and said, You know, we really need to learn about how to concurrently, rather than separately, but concurrently address issues of quality. Cost and uh, process speed or process velocity. Would you come over and uh, because he knew of our my background? Would you come over and and talk with us about this? So we actually went off site with the hospital leadership and began to talk about how you could improve concurrently improve those three areas and. Um, at first, it was like, you know, I wouldn't say that they were hooked at the at the first uh, discussion of this. People were very suspicious about using a business model and had no idea of what a car company or an airplane manufacturer could have to do with healthcare. care. This was not a time when people were looking outside. Um, so what, whereas that had been embraced um, in one environment, it was a very slow soaking process in another environment. But what we did was we just started doing point improvements. And one after another, uh, we had success in uh, laboratory and specimen collection, in flow from the ED to the nursing units, um, in ancillary processes and support processes like receiving and, and shipping we made steady progress, and so finally, in 2002, uh, Pat Hagen went to the board at Seattle Children's and said, "We really need to make this a strategic initiative, and we need to make it our management system and the way that we do improvement." So that began a much more intensive uh, set of um, much more intensive period, uh, both for us and for Seattle Children's. At the same time, we we had begun doing work with other clients, and um, some of our clients wanted us to come in and do a project, and some of our clients wanted us to come in and partner with them over a period of three, four, or five years so that they could get their internal staff up and running and get the management system in place. So the clients we had um, and still have are, are somewhat across the board, but um, the ones that are, are really serious about this have... have um, Really made this their um, their improvement system and their management system.
0: Yeah, because it's a, a really positive progression to move from, uh, like you said, you know, early experiments, point solutions to thinking in terms of um, of a complete management system. That's that's quite right. a, a step forward. And it sounds right. like Seattle Children's um, was was still in an, an experimental phase for. A number of years before reaching that point. What, what do you think was exactly. the tipping point where they they finally said, "Okay, yes, you know, uh, this needs to be kind of a um, a management system and organizational view, not a, a point solution approach."
1: Good question. I think there were a couple of things. One was the engagement of key physician leaders in uh, rapid process improvement workshops, and one of them was with the. Uh, Lynn Martin, who is is still the head of anesthesiology at Seattle Children's, and he saw a team implementing something in a week that would normally have taken... Well, they'd been working on it for years. It was a problem with the introduction of technology into the OR. So he he became very interested early on. The second thing that happened, and there were others like him, the second thing that happened is in uh, 2003, uh, I had traditionally facilitated the annual retreats of the hospital leadership as a consultant to them and I said to Pat Hagan well if we're if you really want to get serious about this we're not going to a resort for the retreat we need to go to a factory and spend a couple days trying to understand what is going on that is making that business uh, successful and talk to people on the front line but most of all talk to the leadership and find out what they've had to do to make this work. So we took the entire, about 20 people from Seattle Children's, about half position leaders and half uh, administrative leaders, and spent two days uh, deeply involved in discussions and observations at Genie Industries in Redmond, Washington. And I think that what happened on that trip and subsequent trips that we took uh, to Boeing and eventually to Japan is people began to see that there are huge safety issues and there are huge complexities involved in other industries. When you're putting millions of parts together or thousands of parts together um, from suppliers all over the world, you've got a very, very complex operation and that it wasn't as far flung from the complexity and the safety issues that they face on a daily basis. Right. I remember standing on a, uh, overlooking the, the genie uh, plant uh, on one of these trips with they had a surgery from Seattle Children's, and he said, you know, Joan, there is not one thing I'm seeing going on here that I couldn't apply directly to the OR. So I think it was some of these experiences that really helped people break out of, and started to see, they changed their vision of what was possible and began changing their definition of what good was because they saw it happening elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting to to think of, uh, you know, like like yourself, I I started in manufacturing, and you have a different context when you come into a hospital, and and you're right, it's probably good to remember sometimes the folks in hospitals haven't been to a factory. Um, A lot of times, I I think there's a general perception of, oh, you know, manufacturing is simple, uh, but, you know, to go see the complexity of a Boeing factory, uh, I'm sure would, would be very... Eye-opening as a comparison point, and you know, it makes me think of of move into you know, final question about um, where healthcare has come over the 14 years or so you've been involved in healthcare, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it needs to go. This whole issue of quality and cost and speed is something that um, the manufacturing industry has also struggled with, and you know, the, uh, the automotive industry learned from Toyota that you can have high quality. Uh, at lower cost and, and with faster speed, um, and, and we're, we're still trying to educate people about that today in healthcare. Um, I was wondering if you could reflect a bit on you know where you've been, where the industry has been, mm-hmm. and where things mm-hmm. still need to go. What what do you think is the future, um, the, the next couple of years of the impact lean could have or should have in healthcare?
1: Okay. Well, I think first of all we've we've got a lot of beachheads we have. Uh, several organizations in the U.S. that are really having success and have full-scale lean um, uh, um, initiatives underway. And so I think that's that's the good news. We've passed over some of the, the hurdles of things like, you know, getting it 50% better today than waiting for perfection or thinking about improvement as episodic versus continuous um, or... Resistance to uh, doing multi-day events to make uh, breakthroughs versus having ongoing, what I call them, book clubs of you know, meeting every week and never really getting to where we want to go. So I think we have some early uh, signs that we're we're able to uh, apply this and uh, that we are uh, changing people's views of how they have traditionally done improvement in healthcare. So that's that's the good news. Where I think we're going from here is that I think uh, there's a lot of activity and lean is getting to be very, a very hot item in healthcare. And whenever that happens, I start getting nervous mm-hmm. because I, th- I think that the um, danger that we face is that lean will uh, will do a lot of lean light, that organizations will see this as a uh, set of methods or tools and techniques and not... Uh, as Jeffrey Leiker would put it, a system, and not certainly not as a management system. So my prediction is that for organizations that are serious about using this as a philosophy and a management system, um, and realize that at its heart this is about a cultural transformation, that their prognosis is great. They will continue to take cost out and have higher reliability, and all the good things that we need to happen in, in healthcare. I think for those organizations who think this is a, another tool with the expertise residing primarily in the performance improvement department rather than in the executive conference room and elsewhere um, or on the, on the front line, that, that uh, they'll move on to something else when they find that in spite of their good intentions, they're not getting the results that they want. And if we look at other industries, the the parallel there's a parallel here. So, I think it depends on uh, how organizations are going about the work. Um, but I think there's a very rosy prognosis for those who are beginning to really see results um, from their efforts. And um, I'm hoping that they will continue to tell their stories so others can learn. Well, and
0: um I'm sure it must be gratifying for you. It's not quite as lonely as it must have been in the, right. uh, the, mid, the mid and late 90s. And so I, I admire the role that, that you played in, um, you know, if you will, the early days of, of lean health care. And, and, and you're still at it and still doing sure. uh, great work. Um, so I thank you for sharing your perspectives with us. And I'll, I'll post links, as I always do. To your website on uh, the blog page, but for the people that are listening, um, how, how can they find you and Joan sure. Wellman and Associates online or other ways?
1: Uh, we are can be found at Joan Wellman It's J O A N W E L L N A N, and uh, our group is one hundred percent focused on healthcare. We are uh, training and consulting in both the technologies of lean, but also the management systems required to uh, set priorities and manage uh, both cross-functionally and to do daily management to sustain gains. Um, We have very deep experience in training and coaching internal staff and managers and physicians to lead improvement events. And our bottom line is, and our success is based on whether our clients become improvement engines, and are continuing to do this work 10, 15, 20 years after we have uh, left or finished our work with them. And that's a pretty high bar, but I think it's really the only legitimate bar. We have a lot of work to do in healthcare, care, and uh, we think that's the best way to go about it. Well,
0: uh, again, I want to really thank you for taking time out uh, from the important work you're doing to uh, share some of your perspectives here on the podcast. I always enjoy uh, talking with you, and uh, maybe we can do this again sometime.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Mark.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.